You can always email us. It's the Chris Dental Inbox at 1120kpnw at gmail.com. Boy, Dawn is busy this morning. We get sunrise pictures, pictures of 1900s uh, playground equipment, which I look at that and go, okay, that stuff was cool. I want to go back to 1900 and be a kid for at least a short time. Typhoid and dysentery, not notwithstanding. Hey, guess who's here on the phone? It is none other than Rick. Rick Dancer. So my intro is typhoid and, 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 and diarrhea. Dysentery, and dysentery, yeah. Well, yeah, why not, Rick? <laughs> hey, I worked in TV a long time. That kind of fits. <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. You say it. You say, say it any way you want to. Um, you know, Bill, one of the greatest playgrounds, have you ever been to Burns, Oregon? They have, right in Hines, when you, before you get to Burns, there's a playground there, and they have a slide that is, like, famous in eastern Oregon, and it's super tall, but it's old school. Like, you know, they wax it, and you, but you climb up, and it's probably 20, 25 feet up. I mean, it's like, you know, if I was a little kid, I'd be a little scared of it, but you get on, it's a, it's a huge slide, but it's really old school. It's not like some modern plastic thing. It's an old metal slide, and it's famous in Hines, Oregon. Oh, man, I wonder how many people have gotten burn blisters from uh, summer sliding down that thing. You mean, you mean that screech as you go down? It's not just the screech. I mean, I, the, the metal slides, Rob brought this up this morning. The, the metal slides in the summer and with the sun beating down on them would get really hot. Yeah, and oh, you'd gosh, get on it yeah. and be like, ah, 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 and you're over, <laughs> in, you know, in Burns, where in the summer, you know, a, a, a mild summer day is 105 degrees. I bet I'd hop it on there. Bill, you know, you may have just discovered the, how Burns got it. Named. No, yeah, that could be. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Wow. Rumors. This is how rumors start. Right. Do you know, Yeah, you're, you'll have people that are, you know, only half listening right now, and they'll get to work and go, you know, I heard the craziest thing on the radio that Burns, that town over in Eastern, they got their name from ass burns on the slide that they had. Bill London said. Yeah. What? Seriously? It must be true. Yeah. You know, then it goes viral, and before you know it, I'm getting, you know, nasty grams from the Burns Chamber of Commerce. and You've been banned from Burns. Yeah. Don't ever come here again, smartass. Anyway, oh, welcome. How are you? Good. Welcome back to the show. So, hey, for, thanks, man. For folks that don't remember, uh, you were a longtime television anchor man here. Ran, Old. <laughs> yeah, ran for uh, ran for Secretary of State. Came very close, by the way, to yeah. uh, winning by just a couple of percentage points. And in the meantime, you've kind of started your own, I guess, if you will, viral online news service where you just kind of go around with a camera and talk to people, interview them, do interesting stories in the community. Um, Talk a little bit more about, you know, that ongoing uh, concern of yours. I think for me, Bill, it's that um, 
I, I think that and I want to give people another voice because I feel like um, aside from you, and I'm not kissing your behind, I'm just saying aside from you, there's a there's one voice that has the, the media's voice and, and people are getting the same information. Every station, everything has, it's just the same kind of narrative. And there's other narratives out there. And so I can think that's kind of what we're doing with ours is some of it's people saying it's stirring the crap. And I always say, you know, if it's usually if I'm if you think I'm stirring the crap, it's because of your crap, and you realize that it stinks. And that's kind of what we're doing is bringing a different story to light, just for people to think for themselves. You know, and whether that's a news item or something about the coronavirus or something about um, like tomorrow, I'm interviewing a little boy, ten years old. Oh no, he's first grader. Um, he goes to Willamette Christian School. I saw it online, and this kid um, was trying to make friends and stuff. Made his own microphone out of whatever. Went around, started interviewing kids. And now the school gave him a little two-minute-a-week newscast that they put on their computer system, and all the parents and kids watch it. So I'm going to interview the kid tomorrow just to show a different side of life and some other things that are going on and how you know, this school is really thinking about this kid and what he needed. So it's sometimes it's really feel-good stories, um, but sometimes it's stuff like we're working on a project for the timber industry right now, too, um, to, about the fires and how all that you know timber up there is uh, – is just rotting and dying away and uh, needs to be cleaned out soon if it's going to be valued, um, have any value left. So we're doing a, I do a video on that. We'll go up and shoot with them. So some of it's right. online with, go ahead. I was going to say, as part of that story, are you talking to any of the environmental groups that are trying to stop any of that salvage from going on? Um, no. <laughs> I'm actually not. I am talking to, I am, uh, I'm not really, you know, I think a lot of people don't understand. I'm not really a news guy. I'm not a journalist yeah, I know, anymore. I, I know that, but I, I get was... paid for what I do. So I'm, I'm, um, I'm going out with the timber industry and I don't do anything just so people understand. I don't do anything I don't believe in. And if I didn't believe this was true, I wouldn't do it. Um, I'm not going to get paid for something and, right. and, and, and lie about it. So, but what I'm doing is I'm going out and showing, we went through, through a mill the other day, show the, the jobs that it, that it brings. Um, I talked to a couple, uh, these two women who bought some property up near Vida um, to, to, to uh, manage a forest, and then they got to a fire, and now they're replanting a forest. So their retirement plan kind of changed, but even though they're from San Francisco, and these two women are talking and going, you know what, Rick, we always thought that uh, the timber industry was just here to make money and cut timber, but they have been so helpful. We have a completely different mindset. And, and I think one of the other things we're bringing out in this bill is I think what a lot of people, including myself, didn't realize years ago was, you know, we're talking about greenhouse gases and, and climate change. One of the best things you can do is have a forest. It's a, mm. it's a carbon sequester, and it's natural. And younger trees suck up more carbon than old trees. And then when you let trees just rot, they put more carbon yep. into the air. So it's, it's telling that other side and of the, the story. Water. I, Right. I think the environmental community is telling its story, and this is a chance for another message to get out. So then people can make up their own mind. I don't I don't care what they believe. I just want them to get all the information that they can. That well, I, I just like the two San Francisco hoedad ladies. That are- Bill, they are the, I, these are the coolest women you have ever met. And they're like, we used to think you know, that this was, you know, just an industry and, and they were, you know, out here and, and leave a forest alone because it'll take care of itself. And she goes, and then we start doing the research. And we realize even the Native Americans manage the forest by yep. burning. 
Mm-hmm. And, 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 and she says, and we, we, we feel like by replanting and taking out the dead trees off our property, we're doing what we can to help the environment and help against carbon, you know, collection. And, and the other thing people don't understand is when you, you know, when you get a board, when you cut up a tree into a piece of wood, now you have a permanent storage facility for that carbon. You don't have to go to Hanford. You don't have to dig a hole and put it in it. It's right there and it stays there until that wood deteriorates or is burned. So, you know, the other point people have to understand is when we don't clean up a forest and then a fire comes in like that, you just dumped a hell of a lot of carbon into the air. So we need to get our messages straight and we need to be consistent. And I I, I, I love inconsistency because it tells on people, but I hate it because I think there's so much inconsistency right now going on in the world. And that's, I guess, what we're trying to do. Well, and one of the other things, too, is, you know, a lot of that fire burned on hillsides. So you have this charred timber that is laying there. And every time it rains, that that water with that ash, that carbon, all the stuff that are, that is a part of the charcoal is just running down the hills and goes right into the Mackenzie River, which is, by the way, the source of the drinking water for the city of Eugene. Um, it just goes right down into what is considered to be one of the purest rivers in the United States, doing nothing but polluting it. And yet you still have a lot of. Oh, don't you can't t- don't touch that. That's part of the environment. It's necessary. And it's like, you know, you know, you know what else is kind of interesting is like, you know, and, and there it is good to leave some land to just you know naturally die the way it's you know it does with nature but um what what people don't understand is we've got private timber owners they're in there cutting this stuff down fast because in 20 years or 10 years you're going to have a shortage of timber or timber because it's they they do this is a cycle thing and so now they were planning on cutting that stuff in you know 20 and 40 years well now that's gone so if the federal government if we as the people who own the federal timber don't get, make some noise um right now they're planning on federal land to cut only to to um, salvage only two percent of the timber that's left that's just sitting out there right now and the rest of it's all going to rot away and um, for people who think well that's the best thing for the environment they need to do their homework and that's what we're trying to do is that's why i don't go around and get do like i used to with the news here's this side here's this side because i think there's a lot of one side out there and what i'm trying to do with my business is present other information so i take a lot of heat for that you know but i also get a lot of support for it so it's you know it's kind of like you understand that you know when you start talking about things people don't want to hear or you go against the narrative of culture um you know that's that that that's uncomfortable for people and i get that but uncomfort is where i live and they're gonna have to come along i guess all right so for people who want to find you know your videos your facebook page all of that good stuff where do they go what do they do you know, they can go to rickdancer.com. That's my website. And then everything that will guide you to all my Facebook, my Instagram, and all that stuff. Uh, we usually do our shows, our live shows, um, uh, at night at 5 o'clock normally. And that's Monday through Thursday on Facebook, on YouTube. And so if you go there, you'll just find everything that goes in. You don't have to watch them live. But then you can communicate with me, which I really like, is then you get people and you can have a conversation on there. So, so yeah, rickdancer.com. That will get them there. And you can find out what we're doing. And uh, here – as uh, Paul used to say, the rest of the, the story. story. I miss that guy. Hey, Bill, thank you. Just real quick, thanks for what you do, too. I, I love that you uh, 
you challenge all of us, um, and it's good. You you, uh, you do, and we need that. And I know you hate to hear that, and you don't like you don't like applause, but uh, you deserve it. You ask good questions. Really, the, the, the thing the other day, I'm so glad that lady called you on redistricting. Um, I'm going to do that coming up in next month. And I said, you got to call Bill. You got to call Bill. And uh, you did a wonderful job interviewing her. I thought that was that was something that was near and dear to my heart because when I ran for Secretary of State, that's a huge issue, a huge yeah. issue in Oregon. People do not understand. Um, Phil Kiesling, a Democrat, was the last person who drew those lines fairly. And his political life basically died because of that, um, because his own party uh, blackballed him. And um, but he he drew him right. And that's what we need is we need a nonpartisan group of people that are going to draw those damn lines, because otherwise it's going to be politicized. We'll leave it at that. Rick, thanks for being with us. We are. Thanks, Rob. We are out of here. Have a good day. See you tomorrow.